Let me talk to you a little bit about Stu's experience um, at um, at American Financing. Yeah, I've gone. I've worked with American Financing a couple times. The first time I went to them for a loan uh, for a house, and they basically said the type of loan you're looking for is not really what we do. Uh, if you could find that deal somewhere else, you should just take it. And so I did. Um, which you know, it was think I of amazing. Stu is, yeah. is, Hunter Biden light. Hunter Biden light. <laughs> yeah, that would be a little less crack, but not that much. Um, and then <laughs> and then the second time I've got, gone to them, I went through, I shopped everywhere yet again. This time, there was nobody even close to American financing as far as the deal went. And it was able to lock that down very quickly, very easily. And, you know, it, what's interesting is, you know, they didn't try to push me into something that I wasn't comfortable with. They were able to give me a great deal and, you know, they are super easy to work with. And it's not just because I'm on this stupid show. It's because this is the way they do business. They work for you, not the bank. It's American Financing. Uh, Find out how much money you can save every month by visiting AmericanFinancing.net or calling 800-906-2440. It's AmericanFinancing.net. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Uh, I have to uh, share with you some, I think, some disturbing news, uh, but news that you need to be aware of. It's the national strategy for countering domestic terrorism. What is it? Who's involved? What does it mean to you? Well, it means to you an awful lot of uh, trouble coming your way if everybody isn't really really smart and we don't stand up now it's only going to get harder to stand up and speak out we'll tell you about that and the fbi's apparent involvement in january 6th what glenn greenwald will explain in 60 seconds stand by So you sit there on your riding lawnmower, rolling slowly along, looking at over the vast plains that seem to stretch out forever. You could swear this yard was getting bigger every year. Overhead, the sun beats down on your head like a hammer at a forge. Off in the distance, you hear that weird Arabian music they always play in movies when someone's in a desert. You don't know water. You think, water. Then next door, Ted whizzes by on his hustler turf zero turn lawnmower he just finished his lawn the smile on his face is a smile of a man who's headed inside for water and air conditioning time to check out hustler's new 2021 raptor series built for homeowners with less than three acres do yourself a favor have a glass of water and visit one of the over a thousand nationwide hustler dealers and take a hassle-free test drive today they'll help you select the right lawnmower for your application uh and they'll be there after the sale with the parts and the routine service so find your local hustler dealer today 
HustlerTurf.com. Over a thousand nationwide. There's one close by you. HustlerTurf.com. There was a lot of talk last week, and uh, we need to pay attention to it. And I don't have an answer for you, but I do have questions for you. First of all, how is it that the group that used to hate the FBI, and quite honestly, still does hate the FBI, because they were the ones that were inflicting this uh, this racism on all of us. They were making sure that these racist laws we're keeping the man down. Well, now it seems Democrats, 78% of them, love the FBI. 55% of Republicans don't. Now, why is that? Because we used to love the FBI. We don't trust them anymore. We don't trust the FBI because too many things are going on. And just when the trust of the FBI is being lost, Democrats, who hate supposedly oppression, big government, law enforcement, they love the FBI. The IRS, only 50% have a positive view of the IRS, 50% of Republicans. Damn near 70% of Democrats, 68%. Can I just ask you a non-political who has a positive? Who's like, you know what I really like? You know who I really like? Oh, those IRS agents, they are so great. I just, they are, I can't wait. I've had several of them over for dinner, uh, you know, after, after uh, you know, my anal probe that they did. I thought, you know, you guys are so great. Why don't you come on over for dinner? Who has that? The EPA, 66% of Democrats love the EPA, 52% of Republicans. The CIA... 62% of Republicans, 69% of the Democrats. All of these things are going up with Democrats. I thought you didn't like the big state. I thought I, I thought it I thought it was coming from the Marxist side that uh, the CIA created AIDS. I mean it certainly came from Russia. So why is it that everybody on the left is loving them so much because they have fallen into the clutches of the left. And no matter what anybody says, the left, the left loves the big state. Communism, socialism, Marxism, they love state. So now when someone comes out and says, hey, hang on just a second, was the FBI involved at all in January 6th, the media immediately goes into full spin mode protecting the FBI and talking to people like John Brennan, who is so very credible, um, about is there possibility that the FBI was involved? Well, let's take it from, well, let me take it from Glenn Greenwald. Because there's a couple of things that Glenn Greenwald pointed out on this this uh, report that came out from the Revolver News. 
The original report, says Glenn Greenwald, published by Revolver News and then amplified by Fox News's Tucker Carlson, documented ample evidence of FBI infiltration of the three key groups at the center of the January 6th investigation, the Oath Keepers, the Proud Boys, and the three presenters. Uh, presenters noted how many alleged riot leaders from these groups have not yet been indicted, while low-level protesters have been aggressively charged with major felonies and held without bail. Many of the alleged plot leaders have thus far been shielded from charges. So the first question is, why? If those three, the Oath Keepers, the Proud Boys, and the Three Percenters, why weren't the leaders of those groups charged? Why were just the low-hanging fruit? Why were they the only ones that got indicted? If it was something that was coming from these organizations officially. Glenn Greenwald says the implications of these facts are obvious. It seems extremely likely that the FBI had numerous ways to know of any organized plots regarding the January 6th riot. Just as the U.S. intelligence community, by its own admission, had ample advanced clues to the 9-11 attack, but according to their excuse, tragically failed to connect the dots. There is no doubt that the FBI has infiltrated at least some, if not all, of these groups, which it has been warning about for years that they pose a grave national security threat with informants and or undercover FBI agents. It is known that the Proud Boy leaders, Enrique Taro, uh, has served as an FBI informant in the past, and the disrupted 2020 plot by the three percenters, the members that tried to kidnap Governor uh, Gretchen Whitmer, was shaped and driven by what the Wall Street Journal reported were FBI undercover agents and confidential informants. What would be shocking and strange is not if the FBI had embedded informants and other infiltrators into the groups planning the January 6th Capitol riot. What would be shocking and strange, bizarre and inexplicable, is if the FBI did not have those groups under trite control. And yet the suggestion that the FBI informants may have played some role in the planning of the January 6th riot was instantly depicted as something akin to the 9-11 truthers, the COVID uh, lab leak theory, which turns out to be true, the CIA's role in the assassination of JFK. This reaction is partly confounding given how often the FBI did exactly this during the first war on terror and how commonplace discussions of this tactic were in the mainstream liberal circles. Over the last decade, I reported, according to Glenn Greenwald, on countless cases for The Guardian and The Intercept where the FBI targeted some young American Muslims they viewed as easily manipulated due to financial distress, emotional problems, or both, and then deployed informants and undercover agents to dupe them into agreeing to join terrorist plots that, that had been created, designed, and funded by the FBI itself, only then to congratulate themselves for breaking up the plot which they themselves initiated. As asked in one headline about this 
particularly egregious entrapment case, why does the FBI have to manufacture its own plots if terrorism and ISIS are such grave threats? Mother Jones even published, he says, an outstanding lengthy investigation by a reporter entitled The, Inf- uh, the Informations, which asked FBI, the FBI has built a national uh, or a massive network of spies to prevent another, another domestic attack. But they are busting terrorist plots or are they leading them? He goes on to show story after short story where the FBI was getting into groups or creating groups and then targeting the most vulnerable, the the lowest on the ladder, and then involving them in some sort of a plot and then arresting. If this is true, and this is a pattern, which he says it is, then the FBI, why wouldn't they be doing that in the January 6th? Uh, attack on the Capitol. And there are several things that say that something is wrong here. For instance, there are thousands of hours of, uh, of videotape of surveillance. Why was the, sur- why have the surveillance tapes not been released? Now you could say it's because it shows some good things, but they would point out that it might show that the FBI or the local police were actually letting some of these people in also we know that the um that parlor alerted the fbi days before saying that there is something going on for january 6th why didn't the fbi move on that now they're talking about how the unindicted co-conspirators and this is the argument that is going back and forth uh with the media that uh, the unindicted co-conspirators are FBI agents, or maybe they're not FBI agents. We don't know, yada, 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 yada. And they're saying this is destroying the point of Tucker Carlson and the revolver and Glenn Greenwald. But he says, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. It doesn't refer to FBI informants or operatives as unindicted co-conspirators. It it, it doesn't usually refer to FBI informants like that. However, numerous references to person one or person two could very well, indeed the case of the FBI-directed plot to kidnap Governor Whitmer, Whitmer, could list them this way. In the Whitmer case, it was CHS1, CHS2, confidential human source. That's how... The FBI informants drove the plot to gov- uh, to uh, kidnap Governor Whitmer. That's how they were referenced. These are common tactics, says Glenn Greenwald, that they use to um, reference the acts of their own informants without revealing their identity. Now, he says, even if all of that doesn't play a role he says there's a bigger question that has to be answered and nobody seems to be asking this how is it remotely credible the fbi did not have informants in these three groups that they've been identifying as major threats for years especially given the reporting that the leader of the proud boys 
conveniently arrested the day before January 6th, was an FBI informant in the past, along with the confirmed reporting that the FBI had multiple informants in the Michigan Three Percenters case. So if this is so crazy and the FBI was taken by surprise, why have they been saying this is so dangerous, but they haven't they don't have any informants inside? Why are the low-level protesters being charged with major crimes while the alleged organizers of this riot and the leaders of these groups have not been charged? Why are the enormous amounts of video surveillance footage from January 6th still being held? What happened to the alleged planting of pipe bombs near the Capitol? Why did the FBI not take more aggressive action given the once denied but now confirmed fact that social media platform Parler sent the FBI advanced warnings of specific plots of the use of violence at the Capitol? So if the FBI had all of this information and did nothing, that's really important that we find out why. Is it another intelligence failure? I thought we corrected that with 9-11. Why did this happen? Why did their why were they informed and not do anything? Why did they say this was such a great these three groups are grave grave problems but they didn't have any intel on them. Those things don't make sense. And they could just be that the FBI sucks. It could also be there's something else going on. And I'll give you a story on that which came from the White House last week in 60 seconds. When it comes time for you to put your house on the market, to buy a new house, or to do both things at the same time, a good real estate agent can be your best friend. And a bad one, or even a mediocre one, can be your worst enemy. That's because real estate work is serious business. It's not a game. You have a lot riding on this. This is the most important investment you've probably made or probably will make in your entire lifetime. If you're wanting to sell, you might be in a seller's market or a buyer's market, depending on where you live. The pressure to be able to um, get that that house sold for the most amount of money and the fastest time shouldn't fall on you. That falls on your real estate agent. Now, as you're going through that transaction, are you buying another house to move? And especially if you're moving across town or into a different, a different area entirely, you need a real estate agent that is really great at that market to make sure you're getting the right house in the right neighborhood, the right school district at the right price. That's why we started realestateagentsitrust.com. It's a free service to you. Find the best real estate agent in your area that we think is the real estate agent that you can trust. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Go there now. 10 seconds, station ID. Welcome to the Glenn Beck program. Stu, you were saying? Okay. What's the, uh, how would you summarize the accusation here from, you know, uh, Glenn Greenwald and Tucker Carlson? Like, is the idea that essentially the FBI, uh, they had informants and they tried to dupe 
low-level people into starting this attack, like like as he insinuates, kind of with the Islamic terrorism cases in the past, and then it they just allowed the the January sixth thing to happen without preparing it to bust low-level members of these groups. Like what what what's the what's the working theory so, here? I would say that that is the working theory. I'm, I'm not saying that that's a true theory. I right. don't know. But there's enough questions to be asked now um, because some things just don't make sense. And they do, allegedly, according to Glenn Greenwald and others, they have done this with low-level Muslims um, and, um, and, and, and people they, they deemed easy-picking. Right. And so they've done it before. They did it with Gre- uh, Gretchen, Gretchen Whitmire where they were involved in the planning of the kidnapping, et cetera, et cetera. And so it's kind of the chicken and the egg. Which one came first? Did the FBI come in and plant these seeds? Uh, Or did the FBI come in and just watch it and play along and then grab them? Were they already doing that? It seems to me a notable difference between these situations is that the attack happened, right? Like the riot occurred. Where like if you're gonna if you're going to lure and, so, and dupe in some low level Muslim terrorists into a fake terrorist attack, you don't actually blow up the building at the end, right? And here, like there's this riot to take over the Capitol that was planned by some of them, and then they didn't actually pl- they didn't plan to stop it correct. in any way. So they, are they it, okay. the actual you know riot occurred? So the so the the accusation there is. Is and it's not even an accusation. It's a question. Sure. Is there an element of the FBI that wanted this to happen, allowed this to happen, mm-hmm. um, to be able to come up with more, you know, a new Patriot Act, right, a right. new war on terror? That's the question that has to be answered uh, through the answering of the other questions, like. If this was the biggest threat, and you guys said it, those three organizations, if they were such a threat, why didn't you stop it? Why did it happen? You had informants there. You had to have. And if you didn't, why didn't you? They should. They should have had informants so, there, for sure. They should have. And it's it's unreasonable to think that they didn't. Right. And if you were informed by Parler, why didn't you stop it? Is there... A new war on terror. And the answer is, uh, yeah, it kind of looks it kind of looks like it. Now, I don't know about the FBI connection, but that's the way the White House is moving. And I'll tell you about the national strategy for countering domestic terrorism next. This is the Glenn Beck Program. You know, we've always heard there's no free lunch in life, and there is definitely, definitely no free timeshares out there. The honest truth is most timeshares, um, they're simply not worth the money or the hassle you're going to have to put into them. And you probably know that by now because you've been unlucky enough to have bought into one. Well, I have good news. Timeshare termination team can talk to you about the specifics of your timeshare situation and create a step-by-step plan to get you out of it safely, legally, and permanently. They have an in-house legal team that will do the heavy lifting for you so you don't have to. 
They have the industry knowledge, the legal expertise that you need. They're veteran-owned. They treat their customers with the same loyalty and values the owners believe in when they started the, com- the uh, company. It's TimeshareTerminationTeam.com. And they're offering a special 20% off the cost of their services for all military veterans and active duty personnel and their families. Make sure you mention Glenn Beck and take advantage of the offer. 888-GET-YOU-OUT. 1-888-GET-YOU-OUT or TimeshareTerminationTeam.com. TimeshareTerminationTeam.com. Lots of great stuff going on Blaze TV this week. Don't miss it. BlazeTV.com slash Glenn. Promo code is Glenn to save 10 bucks off your subscription. This is the Glenn Beck program. Uh, something that happened last week that I believe everyone should read and understand. The White House has unveiled something called the National Strategy for Countering Domestic Terrorism. It is uh, something that uh, is some sort of national level assessment on the threat posed and a prescription of how to deal with this domestic terror threat. This was written by White House people. This is not interagency. This is this is truly, I believe, a political paper in their introduction. uh, It defines what they're going after. Domestic terrorism is not a new threat to the United States. It has over centuries taken many American lives and spilled much American blood, especially in communities deliberately and viciously targeted on the basis of hatred and bigotry. Over the uh, Civil War and after, for example, the Ku Klux Klan waged a campaign of terror to intimidate black voters and their white supporters and deprive them of political power, killing and injuring untold numbers of Americans. The Klan and other white supremacists continued to terrorize black Americans and other minorities in the decades that followed. In recent years, we have seen a resurgence of this and related threats in one horrific incident after another, the shooting and killing of 23 people at a retail store in El Paso, the vehicular killing of a peaceful protester in Charlottesville, the shooting and killing of three people at a garlic festival in Gilroy, the arson committed at a mosque in Victoria, Texas, the appalling rise in violence and xenophobia directed against Asian Americans, and the surge in anti-Semitism and more. You'll never guess who bears all the responsibility for those things. And by the way, what happened to all of the uh what happened to all the shootings and everything else that happened over the summer? It's just mysteriously gone in this. Domestic terrorist attacks in the United States have also been committed frequently by opposing uh our government institutions. In 1995, the largest single act of domestic terror in U.S. history, an anti-government violent extremist detonated a bomb at the Alfred Murrah building in Oklahoma City, killing 168, including 19 children, and injuring hundreds of others. In 2016, an anti-authority violent extremist ambushed, shot, and killed five police officers in Dallas. You know what's really weird? That was at a BLM rally, but you won't find anything at... Uh, the uh, whitehouse.gov that is less than positive of BLM. In 2017, a lone gunman wounded four people at a congressional baseball practice. A lone gunman? Yes, he was alone, but it was politically motivated. He was a Bernie Sanders Marxist supporter. 
Months ago, January 6, 2021, Americans witnessed an unprecedented attack on its core institution of our democracy, the U.S. Congress. Well, it's not really unprecedented. In the 1980s, there was a bombing of Congress done by leftists, but why why, uh, quibble over aspects of this? So they talked about how uh, the Department of Justice historically created and immediately focused on prosecuting and convicting hundreds of Klan members in connection with their vicious campaign of domestic terrorism. Yes, it was a Republican Congress and Republican administrations that did that. It was the Democrats that later came in and undid all those things. In the 1980s, Joint Terrorism Task Force is now a nationwide staple of federal, state, local, tribal, and territorial law enforcement cooperation against all forms of terrorism, were created to maximize information sharing and address the full range of terrorist threats, both domestic and international. While domestic terrorism roots and and elements of our response may be longstanding, domestic terrorism is persistent and evolving. And according to the U.S. intelligence community and law enforcement, elevated in the threat that it now proposes. That's why this national strategy for countering domestic terrorism provides an overarching approach to address today's manifestation of domestic terrorism threat, as well as the evolving forms that the threat may take in the years ahead. Let me just skip to uh, page 11 here, if I can. I think this paragraph is is really uh, interesting. Uh, their approach to... Um, to address domestic terrorism, we will build a community to address domestic terrorism that extends not only across the federal government, but also to the government's critical partners. That includes state, local, tribal, and territorial governments. Okay. As well as foreign allies. Okay. And partners in civil society. Uh, the technology sector, wait a minute, academia, and more. Domestic terrorism and the factors that contribute to it pose a challenge best tackled by a set of interlocking communities that can contribute information, expertise, analysis, and more to addressing this multifaceted threat. Oh, okay. With the right orientation and partnerships, the federal government can energize, connect, and empower those communities, communities whose input was critical to the formulation of this strategy itself. So did you talk to the people in tech? Did you did you talk to Facebook about this and Google? Because that's what that says here. Did you go to academia and say, hey, can you report on the on the students that are that are maybe concerning you that they're not all for this, you know, this evolution of of Marxism in America? Is that hmm? they will focus specifically on violence and factors that contribute to it while respecting civil rights, civil liberties and privacy protections? Oh, okay. All right, so they're going to somehow or another uphold the Bill of Rights while violating the Bill of Rights. Okay, well, they will recognize uh, and maximize the positive benefits of modern communications technology, such as the Internet. Oh, well, that sounds great, too, doesn't it? 
Now, they have four pillars on this. They need to get gather the information and enhance the the way the government can gather information and then do some research and analysis on those things. Then improve the information sharing across all levels within and as well outside of the federal government with their tech and academia partners. Then they're going to illuminate transnational aspects of domestic terrorism. Wow, that would have been nice if we would have had that while we were dealing with Muslim extremism. (laughs) They're going to strengthen domestic terrorism prevention, resources, and services. Well, with their international partners and their internet partners, that's just not going to be hard to, to prevent domestic terrorism. I mean, the FBI did such a great job on January 6th, didn't they? What could possibly go wrong here? They're also going to start to go after voices that they say are um, online terrorists. Now, I know what a terrorist is. Stu, are you pretty clear that you know what a terrorist is? I would say... I do know, but my guess is I have a different definition than maybe some others. My guess is that, too. Recruiting and mobilizing individuals to domestic terror occurs in many settings, both in person and online. And these activities are happening on Internet-based communications, including social media, online gaming platforms, file upload sites, and end-to-end encrypted chat platforms even as those products and services frequently offer other important benefits. The widespread availability of domestic terrorist recruitment material online is a national security threat whose front lines are overwhelmingly private sector online platforms. And we are committed to informing more effectively the escalating efforts by these platforms to secure those front lines. Oh, well, that's great. And they're going to do that while ensuring your right to free speech. <laughs> this is this is the beginning of uh, of a trap. It is also a beginning of a fundamentally different America, one that the federal government believes that it can partner with social media and Google and gather information on you and all those that talk to you. For instance, um, Google has been putting together a uh, an algorithm that shows those people who disagree with critical race theory. And if you disagree with it or if you say something derogatory about it, well, then your name is put on a list, but also all those that follow you because you may have infected them. There are no secrets anymore. And the only ones that have secrets that are protected are those that are in power. And they are using our social media and our connections with each other and their new twisted view of what an extremist is an extremist is today is somebody who says, you know, the Juneteenth thing, it, it's fine. It's a great holiday. I'm in Texas. I like the holiday, um, but it's not a replacement for July 4th. And what happened over the weekend was insulting 
and so so sub-American, if that's what you want to do to celebrate freedom, I'm sorry, I'm going to stick to my hot dog and fireworks on July 4th. It's disgusting. That doesn't denigrate the meaning behind Juneteenth that Texas put in a long time ago. It's a great holiday, but it's not the 4th of July. That makes you an extremist today. That makes you an extremist. And so you're listening to this broadcast now. If you have Alexa, they know you're listening to this broadcast now. If you're online listening to us, they know you're listening to it. If you comment on anything that I ever post or comment, you know, referring to any of the things we talked about, you're also on a list. But they're going to ensure your right to free speech. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. By the way, uh, while the president was off at the G7 summit doing only God knows what, you know, besides embarrassing us, while he was at the G7 uh, summit, the White House also released a new little hotline. Now, this is the third time it's been tried, and both times Americans have stood up against it, and it went away. This time, I don't think it's going to. And will Americans stand against it? The the new little hotline is to report neighbors and family that you think might be extremists. Now, how many of us have a family member who hates our guts or we hate their guts? I hope to God not that think this person is so dangerous. This person is just dangerous. How many people look at their family members who are Trump supporters and say they're off, they're rocker, they're insane. They're on the road to domestic extremism. I can guarantee a lot. Now the federal government is asking you to turn in your family members and your neighbors. This is not American. This is what happened in East Germany, and it must be stopped by you speaking out. You must speak out. And for God, God help us. We cannot turn each other in, or we will lose everything it means to be an American. Okay, our sponsor this half hour is LifeLock. According to a recent study, 330 million people across 10 countries have been victims of cybercrime in just the past 12 months. Oh, uh, an- another 55 million have actually had their identity stolen. All of this costs you, the victim, money, but it also takes up a lot of time. Cybercrime victims collectively spent almost two and a half billion hours trying to resolve their issues. Now, I don't know about you, but that number makes me feel a little uncomfortable because I don't know what to do. If I'm targeted, I don't know what to do. Do you? This is where the real value of LifeLock is. Nobody can prevent everything that's going on because it's constantly evolving. However, LifeLock, if they detect a threat, they not only send you alert, but if something bad happens, you have access to a dedicated restoration specialist if you become a victim. 
So they're really the ones that are guiding you all the way, and you spend very little time on trying to get your good name back. It's LifeLock. LifeLock.com. LifeLock.com. Get 25% off your first year if you use the promo code BECK. 1-800-LIFELOCK or LifeLock.com. Promo code BECK. We'll continue more on uh, the new strategy by the White House for domestic terror um, in the coming days. But I just wanted to give you outline just a couple of things that that document includes identifying anyone uh, who has a position of trust within the federal workforce and rooting them out if their ideology is uh, is deemed unfit, finding novel approaches for prohibiting militia activity, taking away assault weapons Keeping firearms out of dangerous hands. Monitoring and controlling online communications and speech that be considered incitement. Countering misinformation, disinformation, and conspiracy theories. That is what the White House is planning on doing. How does the Republic survive with an administration that believes they have the power to do those things?